Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to the NBA Palooza, the return of the headlines podcast. The I don't know the 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 NBA preview. What are we gonna call it here? Case is should we call it that? Or the NBA trilogy was hitting everything <laughs> up. I mean, I don't know. We 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 are putting our prognosticators hats on this morning. Uh, Casey Hall back on. We were talking. Oh, was it about a month ago, Case? And we were like, we haven't done a headlines podcast in a long, long time. And then we're like, well, let's do this and let's do that. And then it was just like, heck, let's just go nuts and let's do like a trilogy, three-parter, knock out an entire Sunday morning, uh, no golfing, no housework, no nothing. We're just going to, we're just going to BS about the NBA for like three hours here this morning is basically the format we came up with, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was just conversation that we hadn't done anything for a while, and we're like, well, let's just throw it all together for one day and see what happens. Absolutely. So, here is the plan. We are going to do three parts here, and I apologize if I sound a little uh, nasally or the voice is a little bit different. Uh, we're taping this on Sunday morning, uh, the 17th. Today's the 17th, right, Case? Yeah? Yes. Yeah. And... Uh, so I've been suffering from a head cold since Thursday night, and so this is the first time I've recorded anything in a few days. Um, if anything happens between Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, so by now, if you're a loyal listener, you've heard the Quick Hitters, Volume 7. This pod that we're talking about right now, we are dropping Tuesday morning, and then uh, which is going to be the Eastern Conference preview. And then Wednesday morning, we're going to drop the Western Conference preview. And then Thursday morning, we're going to predict the NBA champions. We're going to predict awards winners. We're going to we're just going to put it all out there for public consumption. So if anything happens, if Kyrie Irving comes back, if Ben Simmons gets traded, if Dame Lillard gets traded, if Ben Simmons and Dame Lillard get traded for one another, that has not happened on our watch. So that could affect what we're talking about here. So that's my... That's my precursor. That's my warning. Uh, that is my my uh, uh, caveats of anything that we talk about this morning. So, Mr. Casey Hall, are you ready to roll? I'm ready to rock. All right. So, Eastern Conference. We're going to do this in three tiers. We're going to do the conferences in three tiers. We are going to talk about uh, the first tier is going to be the five teams in each conference that won't make the playoffs. Then we're going to do the four teams that we think are going to be in the play-in game. And then we are going to do the six teams one by one, six, five, four, three, two, one, into the team that we think are going to have the best regular season uh, uh, record at the end of this year here in each conference. So, Case, you want to go first here in the Eastern Conference, I guess? I'll let you, I'll give you the honors. Um Give us the five teams that you think are going to not make the playoffs, not make a play-in game, not do anything worth a toot. So I've got worst, uh, so 15th to 11th, I've got Cleveland is 15. Okay. Orlando is 14. 
Pistons as 13, Wizards as 12, and Raptors as 11. Those are my five teams that will not sniff anything postseason-wise in the NBA in the Eastern Conference. We have four of those five teams in common. I have, um, I have Orlando fifteenth. I have Cleveland fourteenth. We are exactly alike with Detroit at thirteen, and we are exactly alike that I have Toronto eleventh. The one big difference that I have over you is the Indiana Pacers. I am putting them in. They're 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 in the lottery for me. Just straight up in the lottery. That is so let's start there. I have just a little bit of a preview. I actually put the Washington Wizards at number 7 and you had them at number 12. So let's go there first case. Uh you have you're low on the Wizards. I'm a little bit higher on the Wizards. Uh where where are you at? What are you thinking there? Wizards, I mean, it's all Bradley Beal or nothing, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I mean, I think he could be potentially the MVP. I mean, because he, he's going to score. Yeah. He's shots up. He's going to do those things. My big concern is, is Thomas Bryant going to be able to stay healthy? Mm-hmm. And when he is, he's good. But if he's not, they hurt. And then is Spencer Denwitty back to being 100%? Yeah. that Those two are big keys, I think. Um, and then also, I mean, are the three guys from the Lakers that came over and Pope, Kuzma, and Harrell, are they going to fill that role and be leaders? Or are they kind of going to just say, I want traded to go to, an, to a playoff team? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I just think I don't, there's too many questions with injuries of the past, mm-hmm. Dinwiddie and Bryant. Mm-hmm. And bringing in different characters that were probably that have all three been in the playoff around the past three years. Are they can they adjust to potentially not making the playoffs? Yeah. See, I kind of actually like their roster a little bit for the regular season. I think, uh, and and a big part, and and I'll give you a little preview of the way my mind went um, mm-hmm. with the quick turnarounds that the league has had the last two years because of COVID. I think this year, and I think the playoffs kind of showed it last year with all the injuries that happened, that the teams with the most depth are going to be in a pretty good situation. And I kind of look at them and I go, and I agree with you, like Dinwiddie has to stay healthy and Beal has to keep doing Beal things. Um, I mean, he can't not average 30 a game for them to be acceptable, you know? Um, but I like, I'm, uh, I agree with you. I put the, the, my X factor for Washington was Kyle Kuzma. And here's my, here's my, uh, uh, journalistic, uh, catchy phrase here. LA stud or DC dud, which is he going to be? Um, but if he could give them. 16, 17, 18 points consistently, and just kind of, st- you know, he's going to get 30 minutes a game, and so what's he going to do with that? Um, 
I kind of, I've always been a, a little bit of a Rui Hachimura fan. I think yeah. he's uh, just a nice glue guy. Uh, I like Aaron Holiday. Uh, you know, if they could get Davis Bertans to hit two or three threes a game, I, I, I just kind of think that their depth is going to be pretty solid. And if they can, it's kind of like the classic, uh, we've got the one stud, and then we just don't have, it's not that any of those guys are really, really good. It's none of them are really bad. And um, if, if you if you just have four decent players around one great player consistently, you know, I think you got a chance to be pretty, you know, and again, the Washington Wizards aren't going to be hanging any banners, but I, I just kind of like their roster makeup. Whereas I had Indiana down there largely because I just don't, you know, it's, it's you know, their two best scorers are out indefinitely in Karis LeVert and TJ Warren. Um, the, the Sabonis-Miles Turner fit just has not worked out the way that they would anticipate. If it was 1991 instead of 2021, that might be a little bit of a better fit, but it, it's just not working there, and... I don't know. I, I think there's just going to be a, a hangover from last year's mess uh, with uh, what was that guy's name Nate Bjorkson or whatever. Yeah. That, that just the you know they turned into a dumpster fire, and I, I think that you know they're just going to struggle to score even with Rick Carlisle as a definite upgrade in the coaching ranks. But I just don't know if they've got enough to to do what they want to do. And I I mean I had the I mean we'll get to it, but I had the Pacers ten, so I had them okay. just barely. I mean, making the play-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally agree with you. I mean, I, there are a lot of question marks with them, um, with Lavert and Warren staying healthy. Because I mean, those are they're two all-star. They're all-stars if they can stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And Border, borderline mean, all-stars. Yeah. Yeah, borderline. I mean, they're on the edge depending on the year and everything. Um, Sabonis is an all-star through and through uh-huh. now the big thing is is like you said can turner and sabonis can they figure out a way for them to play together and that and that's going to be a challenge i think and the other thing is is i think i mean for everyone that's local in omaha i mean with mcdermott with doug mcdermott leaving and going to the spurs i think that hurts too he and sabonis played really well together the last couple of years mm-hmm. um and he also stretched the floor for the Pacers at time. And do they have that knockdown shooter? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but they are young. I mean, Sabonis is 25, 26. Turner is 25, 26. They got Malcolm Brogdon, who's a good point guard. Yeah. That can handle the ball. Uh, he may not score a ton of points, but he's going to do great things as a point guard. He's going to be your assist guy. Mm-hmm. Levert's still young. TJ Warren's young. So, I mean, They've got pieces. Now it all can they mesh together. And I probably would have put them higher if they were healthier out of the gate. But it sounds like Levert and Warren won't won't be back for a while. And so that's why I kind of dropped them. And I think the, the, as they call it, the middle class of the East is better. And I just think they're going to fall a game or two short. I think them, I think, I think Orlando, Cleveland, and Detroit are going to be really bad. I think Indiana and Toronto are going to be pushing for the play-in, but I think they're just going to fall a couple of games short just because they they just don't have those couple of dudes that can take them over the edge. You know, yeah, they, that, that's, they that's that. kind of my ruling. 
and I, I see what you're saying. They don't have that one. They don't have that big all star. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. where you're putting the Wizards up higher than I am, or better off than I am. They've got Beal, who's an all star. Yeah. And a caliber dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, all right. So let's let's uh, wrap up with this. If you had to, if if you had Warren Buffett money. And you could buy one of these teams and build them up from the ground up. Toronto, Detroit, Cleveland, and Orlando. Which one would you pick right now and why? Oof. Yeah, pick one. Probably probably Detroit. Um, I think I think Cunningham's gonna be a stud. Um, I really like um, Hayes. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to turn into be a, I mean, I didn't really know anything about him until like last year. I was just kind of looking him up. I was like, who is this dude? And he's like, he's legit from coming over from Europe and what he did over there and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't play a ton last year, but he was good when he played. Mm-hmm. And they just have enough pieces to potentially turn it around. Um, I don't think they're going to end up being the bad boys of. Yeah. Yeah, they got a ways to go before that happens. Yeah, but I think they just have enough pieces with with Bay as a as a potential guy that could be good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Grant, I think he can be that leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, same way. I mean, I know he's kind of just a he's a guy that can come off the bench. We think he's a guy that can come off the bench, can shoot it, and play defense, do a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, that's right. I think Detroit has the best upside, but I mean, I think. And I, I don't know who you're going to take, but I think either way, they're all four or five years away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I kind of like what's shaping up in Orlando. My favorite player, personally, like the player I enjoyed watching the most out of the, any of the players that came out of the draft, was mm-hmm. Jalen Suggs. I think oh, he's, he's just, I think he's just going to be really, really good. And yeah. you know, I kind of like Wendell Carter Jr. I, I you know, I, I think. Um, R.J. Hampton has a chance to be a decent player. Um, you know, I, I do like, like I said, if I I think Orlando and Cleveland are going to be marketably the two worst teams. I really like Evan Mobley as well. I just, I don't know. Um, I just really like Jalen Suggs, and and he might yeah. be my rookie. When we get to the to the preview of of uh, award winners, uh, yeah. he might be my rookie of the year nominee. I, I just think he's going to get a lot of minutes. I think he's just going to get better as the year goes on. That's my pick anyway. But uh, but uh, sorry, I previewed that way too early. So uh, but right. that would be my pick. So so those are our five cellar dwellers, the five non-playoff teams in the East. Let's go to our four play-in game teams. Uh, or the play-in tournament, or whatever you would like to say. And since you went first, Case, um, I will go first with the play-in teams. At number 10, I had the New York Knickerbockers. And then at number 9, I have the Chicago Bulls. At number 8, I have the Charlotte Hornets. And then at number 7, I have the aforementioned Washington Wizards. What do you got? Uh Uh-oh. We had a couple of the same. Okay. I have Pacers at 10. I had the Bulls at 9. I had the Hornets at 8. And I had your Boston Celtics at 7. Wow. Okay. 
Intriguing pick. Okay. Um, so you have the Knicks. What what was your what was your four again? I'm sorry. So Pacers, Bulls, Hornets, Celtics. Okay. I'm writing this down here. Got it. Got it. So wow, you you put the Knicks up there in the top six. Wow, okay. Uh, so let's talk about the Knickerbockers here. Um, you're obviously going to have them in the top six. I've got them all the way down at 10. Um, I went with them low. Um, I just wonder about Kimball Walker and his health. I, I think they, here's what I think. I think they were around a 500 team last year and then they got hot and they went on that big, like, 12, 13-game winning streak towards the end of the season. Right. And then they came back to earth in the playoffs, and Atlanta kicked the snot out of them pretty good. Um, I, I think, uh, here's what I wrote down. Maybe a better team with a worse record than last year. I think their this year's team might be better, but I think their record will be worse this year because of... Just, again, I think the teams around them uh, improved. Now, I don't think there's much of a difference between them and like the, uh, with, with any of these teams. I think all these teams will finish within a couple of games of one another. Um, I really like R.J. Barrett. I think he's going to be really, really good. Can Julius Randle do what he did last year again this year? Um, so I, I, I think that their, their studs... Can they can they have career years like they had last year, and you know did they improve as much as everybody else did around them? That's kind of where I thought. That's where I fell with the Knicks. So I wrote down Knicks. Can they make the next step? Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a. I mean, and I had I had them six. So like them and Celtics. I mean, I had them right there neck and neck. So it wasn't like I had them contending for a title or anything yeah i i think the addition of kemba and you're right if he stays healthy but i think the addition of kemba gets um gives them that step Mm -hmm. Uh, i can i mean it's cardiac kemba to me like that's all i can ever remember (laughs) just doing everything he did to have them win the big east that year Mm -hmm. uh I think I think he makes a change. I think him and Derrick Rose will work really well together as a one-two punch. Agreed. Um, I think it also it takes Kim off the ball a little more if need be, mm-hmm. but also it can put put get put the ball in his hands where he can get people open. Yeah. Um, I think that dish. I mean, losing Bullock hurts for shooting Reggie Bullock. They lost him. Um, that hurts. But I think um, with adding uh, Evan Fortier. Mm-hmm. Who had an outstanding Olympics mm-hmm. um, for France? I thought I thought he he impressed me a ton. I mean, he what he did to the United States in the first round game of the Olympics was unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's gonna. I mean, he's a knockdown shooter. He can do that, and I think Alec Burks could potentially um, do that as well. But I just I I like their depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinson now if Nerlens Noel can do a little bit um Obi Toppin he can I mean I think he can bring a little something to the floor he's he's athletic he changes the game a little bit and the same with RJ Barrett I think he's got a ton of potential now can they put it together yeah um 
No, I, I, you know, they're definitely a, a, a big-time swing team where that you could see them. I mean, take a look at the two of us, who our basketball minds are pretty similar, and you've yeah. got them at six, and I've got them at ten. So yeah. there's a there's a there's a big swing there. Um, let's talk about the Bulls real quick. Um, we both had them at nine. What was your reasoning for having them at nine? Um, I think they're getting there. And offensively, they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. Can they stop anybody on defense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it might be a 140 to 130 game. Yeah. Because they're fun to watch. I watched a little bit of their preseason stuff, and I think I texted you a week or so ago, and I go, holy cow, this Bulls team is going to be exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think they will be. I just – I. Their defense really scares me, and can they can they mesh together with a whole bunch of new faces coming in? Yeah, yeah. I their 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 lack of front court depth really just. I'm look. You know, you look at their roster and their. And again, I know bigs are not what bigs were per se. The value of the big, but you still need bigs in the NBA, right? And you know. Uh, Zach Levine, and and maybe may, he makes an Olympic jump here, and and he kind of becomes more well rounded. I think he's a I think he's a nice player. I think he's a really good player. Uh, but is he that franchise guy? And and how is yeah. he going to react? He's potentially uh, the top free agent going in the next year if he chooses not to sign. So how is he going to play this out? Um, you know, uh, Demar Derozan is up up there in age. And uh, I think he's a good player. I, I think they have three or four good players. I, as much as I thought I would never say this, I think L- Lonzo Ball was a quality signing. I thought that was a really good signing that they had for him. I really like him as a complimentary player. I just don't know how these pieces fit together. And I, like you said, defensively, uh, I just don't see how they get stops consistently as the year goes on. And 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 their depth kind of worries me. I, their their top end talent is up there. I just I look at their roster, and again, one of my big factors was was depth this year. And yeah. um, I just I just don't know how much I see that there with the Bulls. So uh, I think Alonzo Ball, and I I mean I don't know where I read this or I heard this, but Alonzo Ball fills a spot that they've needed since Derrick Rose was there. Oh, however, whenever Derek, whenever. They haven't had a good point guard since Derrick Rose has been there. Yeah. I mean, they've had Chris Dunn, Cameron Payne. Thomas I mean, Sodoransky, I think. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, you just don't have those big names that are putting you in the right spot. And I, I think the big thing is, you. I think you hit the nail on the head with the Levine thing, is it's the contract thing going to become an issue. Yeah. Yep. Well, speaking of the balls, we both had Charlotte at number eight. Let's talk about them real quick. I think I I really like this team, Case. I I I really like uh, the way Lamelo Ball plays. Um, I think Terry Rozier back to his Boston days again, a little bit of a homer, uh, yep. but I think he's uh, a quality NBA starter. Uh, I've always liked Gordon Hayward. I think the whole thing depends on his health. Can he stay healthy? But I like that. I think Kelly Oubre is in a good role coming off the bench as your seventh or eighth guy. Miles Bridges, crazy athletic. Uh, 
you know, their their front line with PJ Washington and Mason Plumley and Miles Bridges. You're gonna, uh, you know, n- good athletes. They're gonna eat up. Uh, they're gonna run the floor. Uh, they're gonna get alley oops. Uh, they're gonna be strong defensively in that regard. Um, I just kind of like this team, and I think a lot of it's gonna depend on. It's gonna depend on two things. Does Lamella Ball make a leap from year one to year two, and does Gordon Hayward stay healthy? If those two things happen, I think they're a solid play in game. Yeah, I, I had I had pretty much about the same thing. I go, hey, Bird, if he stays healthy, that's a huge plus for them. Um, and I go, can Bridges, Washington, and Ubre make the next step to be potential all stars? Mm-hmm. And in between those three right there, those are fun athletic dudes that are going to get up and down the floor. Um, and I think that's what the I mean that's what the Hornets want to do. They want to push. They want to go. Um, and then the one-two punch of Ball and Rozier, I think that that's going to be an exciting one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those two are going to create shots, and they're going to create shots for others as well. Mm-hmm. A hidden gem, I think, for them could be James Bookout. Oh, Book Knight? Yeah, or Book Knight, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think he could come off, if he gave them 10 or 12 minutes a game and gives them, you know, you know, just kind of uh, Vinny, old Vinny Johnson minutes, just a little bit yeah. of a microwave type of thing. Uh, yep. 12, 14 minutes a game gives them seven, eight, ten points a game. Uh, he could be kind of that one of those X factors as well. Their depth inside scares me a little bit, kind of like the Bulls. Uh huh. Um, I mean, I know it's there's no real, no one really has a true post anymore, but um, they're. Their size inside scares me a little bit with Vernon Carey and Mason Plumley. Yeah, what what are you going to get from them besides maybe <laughs> defense and rebounding inside? But twelve fouls. Yeah, <laughs> use them. Yeah, exactly. Them. Yep, you got them. Use them. Uh, so, in the play-in format, who do you have coming out of your uh, play-in format here? I have the Celtics at seven. I have them coming out. Okay. And then who would be your, your eight here? My eight is, so they'd be, they'd be, they'd be eight. And then Hornets are, it'd be Celtics and Hornets. Okay. Okay. I, uh, so, so we weren't actually far off on the Celtics. I had them at six. You had them at seven. So we can kind of go a little bit. And we've done this the last couple of minutes here. Uh, so you've got, uh, uh, Celtics there. I got them at six. Um, not, but why did you have them in the play? Um, right now, who else do they have besides Tatum and Brown? Um, I think, I think that's the big question is, do they have enough depth? And some of the depth they have are some old dudes. Yeah. And they can, they get through the whole season. Um, I know they added some depth, yeah, but it's older depth. It's not getting younger. I mean, Marcus Smart's getting old, and can he? He's going to age quickly, I think. Yeah, um, Schroeder. I mean, I don't know how old Schroeder is, but I mean, he's older. Horford's older. I mean, Chris Dunn is, and I, I think he might have even got waived yesterday. I don't know. Yeah, I so think I mean, he did. I think he did. Yeah. So I mean, they. I just. I. I think they have a lot of depths. But it's aging depth. Mm-hmm. You're not getting younger, I don't feel, and they, so you're putting all everything on Tatum and Brown's shoulders to be able to carry it. And where else is the scoring going to come from? Mm-hmm. 
those are my two things. That's why I kind of put them on that fringe of seven six. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I agree with you, and and I think that um, I th- I think that Schroeder has a chance to be either really really good or really not good. Um, you know, he's kind of you know obviously I don't know the dude personally, uh, but there's been times where he is not. Uh, been perhaps the most positive teammate from what you've read about and heard about. And this is a Celtics team last year that really struggled with chemistry. And, you know, Tatum and Brown are studs. I think they brought back Al Horford just as to have an adult in the room. Um, I think, and and you know how this is, sometimes the coach's message gets a little bit old. And I, I think, as as great of a coach as Brad Stevens is, I think maybe there was a new voice that needed to be uh, in the locker room, uh, and I think they kind of got rid of a couple of guys that were not positive influences in the locker room. Um, I think the real X factor for the Celtics is Robert Williams. I think if he takes that next step, if he can stay out of foul trouble and if he can stay healthy, he's going to give them. And I'm not saying he's as good as this guy, but uh, you know he could be their poor man's version of a DeAndre Ayton that kind of comes out of nowhere and is athletic, can run the floor, can block shots, uh, can finish well around the rim, can finish lobs, but he's got to mature and take that next step. But he's got the ability, and that's always been the question with him, he's got the ability, but will he make it happen? Yeah, and I do like him as a player. I remember when he played as a rookie a little bit in the playoffs for him, he brought energy off the bench when they needed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and that's, and he will be key. If he can, if he can bring up a little of that in whatever he plays, 18, 20 minutes a night, I don't know what he's going to get, but mm-hmm. and he may get more than that, but can he make that step? Um, they can go small with Grant Williams. I've always, I, when Grant Williams played for Tennessee, I loved watching him play. He was just a bulldog that could do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just had them on that playing. Just I just felt they were. I don't know. I just I, I know they say they. Everyone says they've got a lot more depth this year than they had last year. Mm-hmm. But I think I, the older the older depth just scares me for an eighty two game season for the Celtics. Sure, sure, makes sense. Makes sense. So. All right, so we uh, and then you had New York at six. So yep. we've already talked about them. So let's go to your uh, let's go to your number five. Who do you have fifth in the Eastern Conference? I had the Sixers. Oh, we see eye to number eye, my five. friend. Do you have them there? I had them at number five. I I put them there, and I put them there big time. Because of the whole Simmons situation. Yep, yep. I think I think they could be uh, one, two, or three, but I think whatever's going on behind closed doors with Simmons and the management and teammates, I just don't know. Uh-huh. Um, I think you're putting a lot more weight on Embiid and Tobias Harris' shoulders mm-hmm. to try to get him. And, and I think that... Embiid's going to miss games. That's just the nature of his body, yep. and and he can't control that. Uh, I I think that I, I don't care what level you're playing at. Chemistry matters, and 
And I think that some of the things that have come out, you know, a lot of the quotes, even Embiid a week or two ago was talking about how, well, we've built this whole thing around him and everything we've done has been done to appease him and his playing style. So I don't know what he really wants. I mean, those words carry weight. I don't care, especially when you're dealing with um, superstar athletes. Those, those, those things, those are hard to forget. And, and I just think that, you know, this, this, this stuff, whatever the the stuff is, is going to carry through. I think, you know, if if this is all happening in, in Chicago or in Milwaukee or San Antonio or, or even like San Francisco, I don't think the spotlight is on this nearly as much, but you get into these media markets like Philadelphia, uh, Boston, New York, Los Angeles, you know, this is just, it's not going to go away. And it's not going to go away. He's not, I, I just don't see any scenario where Simmons comes in and it's just, okay, we're good. I, I just, I just don't, I, I think the human factor in all of this is going to be a little bit of a dead, it's going to be an anchor to their team. Now, I think they're really talented. I like their team. I, I like the, com- I like Seth Curry and Danny Green complimenting uh, Embiid as shooters. Uh, I, I think uh, that Tyrese Maxey is going to be a nice professional player. Uh, uh, Thibel is a defensive dynamo. Uh, George's Niang is a nice little pickup. Uh, so I, I like everything about this team. I think Tobias Harris is a great third player. Uh, I just I just think this whole Simmons thing is going to. Uh, just be this anchor that is not going to allow them. And, and I think by the time he gets traded, I think they're going to, I think they're going to, I think Embiid is too good for them not to tread some water for a while. It's not like they're going to start out, you know, five and 15 or anything like that, unless Embiid would were to get hurt or something. Um, but I, I, I just think by the time this whole thing gets resolved, and I think it's going to be later rather than sooner that the Simmons thing gets re- resolved. I, I just think that, uh, they're going to have a hard time catching up to the top teams in the conference. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I just think there's too much going on behind closed doors that we don't know about. And they're putting themselves in that situation now. Where they trade him and who they get for it, how does that – They, I mean, they've got to find someone that fits with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just – I don't know. I just – it just scares me where you're putting all your – eggs and one basket on Embiid to carry you the rest of the way when he's he's prone to getting hurt and missing 10 to 15 games yeah yeah in a stretch it's not like yeah it's not like it's one night and then he comes back or you know that type of thing it's not the rest night that they give up I put air quotes up yeah uh yeah it's not chunks or it's chunks excuse me that's what I meant to say it's it's chunks of time that he misses consistently you know, yep. and again, that's just the way his body's built. But he is one of the most dominant players when he's out there. And like I said, if 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 he stays healthy and they can get off to just even a decent start, and then they get the Simmons thing resolved, and Daryl Morey's a smart guy, he's going to get back a good piece that is going to fit around Embiid. Um, it's just a matter. I don't think it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Um, yeah. But it's just. It needs to be done sooner rather than later. But yep. nobody is willing to pay the price that Daryl Morey wants people to pay for Ben Simmons. He's 
And so it's it's a complicated situation. It is a really complicated situation. So, um, all right. So that was number five, the Philadelphia 76ers. Number four, I had, drum roll, the Miami Heat at number four. I had the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. All right. Uh, who do you want to talk about first, Miami or the Hawks? Because I had the Hawks. I had the Hawks. This was my this was my big leap. I had the Hawks at number two. Okay. Um, should we go there? Yeah. Here's my reason. I had a couple reasons why. Number one, I love 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 their roster makeup. I and I and I think they really showed out. I think. Um, they are just they can play so many different ways. They can play big, they can play small, they can play with shooters. Um, they can uh, they can kind of shut you down a little bit. I think Nate McMillan is a, done a really good job with them. He's been a really good coach almost everywhere that he's went and I think he's kind of found his sweet spot with this Atlanta team. Um, I think the success that they had last year in the playoffs, is going to do uh, wonders for them. And I don't think they're the second best team. Let me be clear with that. I think they're going to have the second best record in the conference because I think they're going to be young. I think they're going to have depth. I, I think they're going to be able to bounce back from the shorter layoff better than a couple of other teams will. Uh, and, um, you know, Trey Young did not play in the Olympics, which I think it's going to help him with his rest. Uh, I think it would have been a great experience for him as a player. Um, I, they're going to get DeAndre Hunter back sooner rather than later. Um, I just, I just think for the regular season, and they're going to play Orlando four or five times, so that's going to be four or five wins. Right. I, I don't think their conference or their their division is going to be very good. And I and I think I, I just think that uh, let's say even Trey Young takes a night off. Well, that's the night that Lou Williams plays 30, 32 minutes, and he gets 20, 25 points. And John Collins is a crazy athletic dude. Clint Capella's in his prime. I just think for the regular season, I think they're going to have a great run this year. No, and I and I really I like that team. And I'm not. I mean, we'll get to our three, two, one here, but pretty much four, one through four. Yeah. I, Pretty much had to flip a coin to figure out who I'm going to put where. Uh-huh. Um, but I do like this Hawks team. I love the young youth energy. Like, what was it you think four years ago? Well, Trey Young's been in the league what three years now. So yeah, four years ago they won like 20 games. Yeah, they were terrible. I mean, you can tell how much like one player changes everything for you. Yeah. Um, just I- change. Mental, team mentality, and then the late draft picking with Collins. Um, with Hunter. Hunter, I mean, late, but I mean, Hunter and Collins and Radish, like you're getting those guys at certain times in the draft. They're just falling right to you. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Cam Radish. Guy, you know, he's, and, and it, he had a couple of, he, he had the one really nice game in the playoffs, and, you know, right now he's on their, their, their third team. I mean, that's what they've yeah. got him listed on their depth chart is their third team. I mean, goodness gracious. You know, it, it, they've they've done a great job of building this roster, and you know, can they recreate what they did in the playoffs? When we get to the playoffs, I'm not so sure about that. 
But for the regular yeah. season, I really, really like this team. Yeah, I, 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 and like I said, I could, I could have probably plugged him in at either two, three, or four any spot right there. I feel. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, who do you? Uh, so that was that was your four. That was my two. So, so I had Miami at four. Where'd you Where'd you have Miami? I had the Heat's at three. Heat at three. Okay. So let's. Let's talk about Miami. Um, I like this team. Um, I think this is a team that I, I think there's a pretty big distinction. Uh, now, if if Philadelphia, let's say in the first couple of weeks here, trade Simmons for piece X, Y, and Z, uh, whatever the piece or pieces are, I I if if they get again, my pick with Philly is. The, the whole Simmons thing and how quickly they get that resolved. But if they get that, that done sooner rather than later, I think I would probably put Philadelphia for the regular season ahead of Miami. Uh, yeah. That was kind of my dividing line. I think, obviously, heat culture, baby. Hashtag heat culture. Uh, yeah. But they're deep. Uh, they got a bunch of tough dudes. Um I would not want to play them in a seven-game series with Lowry, with Butler, with uh, Bam Adebayo, with, uh, I I think Tyler Hero is going to, I think he's their X factor. I think if he plays well, uh, they're going to have a really good season. I think if he plays well, then Lowry is only playing 31, 32 minutes a game instead of 34, 35, which over the span of a season, that adds up. Um and I, I, you know, Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the NBA. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I just, I think they're, I think they're just going to be one of those teams that's just going to slowly figure it out as the season goes along. They're probably going to get a buyout guy at some point. That's going to, you know, whatever they deem to be the missing piece, that's what they're going to pick up. And uh, I, I would not want to play them in a seven game series. Yeah, I, I. I love their depth. I love the addition of PJ Tucker and Markeith Morris. Um, that brings a little bit of uh, bully attitude to their team. I think you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Kyle Lowry, I think is. I mean, I think he's in his prime still a little bit. Um, I think he had just. I think he's got one really good season left in him. Yep, Toronto. Toronto was just he wanted to make another run to win a title, and Toronto was going in a different direction. Yep. Um, Butler and Bam have Butler's always. I mean, Butler is legit. I mean, he's not. He's he's always up for the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, Bam Bam took a huge step last year. I thought um, inside, outside. I mean, he can do a little bit of everything. You said Hero was kind of your X factor. Mm-hmm. I think the other X factor could be Oladipo if he can get him healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's I just mean, what's he going to come a, back as? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a former All Star that pretty much led the Pistons to. Uh, I mean, Pacers. Or Pacers. Sorry, I mean the Pacers to playoffs. Yep. But handily um, now, health is the big thing for him now. Yep. But I think he could be that X factor as well, coming off the bench um, to have a little more depth for them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, but I, but I, but what you said with the 76ers, I mean, that always is going to be the thing. Like, if they make the trade, 
where do the Heat fall? How far do they fall in their conference with that? Yep. Okay. So you, I'm a uh, who'd you have as your number two? Oh, uh, this was. I was like pulling hairs on this one because I didn't know where to go. I put the Nets at number two. Okay, okay. I put the Nets there because of the whole Kyrie situation. Okay. Um, on not knowing if he's going to be there or not. Because um, I think he changes a lot of things for them offensively um, for the good. Yeah. Um, it was that's the only reason why like i think i think if he's there and he's playing they're the best team in the they're the best team in the nba yeah uh, by far i think i mean which which is this is a stat i heard um on a podcast i was listening to the other day the heats have the highest win total for the nba at 56 and a half for this season they said that is the lowest vegas or whoever predicted that that has come out in like five years. Really? That's the lowest team win total that they've predicted that has come out in five years. I couldn't believe that, but, but it is low. You always see somebody have close to 60. 60 yeah. 62 here and there. Uh-huh. But I was, I mean, I think it's low. I think that's low, but it also just kind of makes you say, think, well, how, what's their win total drop to with Kyrie doesn't play. Yeah. And then it turns in. I think five through one could all, all, all change in what we have. Yeah, I I put, I had the Nets at one, just in that, you know, obviously right now, as of right now, break. You know, we're not breaking any news. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kyrie is out until he decides to get vaccinated. Essentially, is what the Nets are saying, um, and that's their right as a private employer you know uh when when you when you look at it from that point of view that's their right to say who they can and or who they can and cannot allow into their facilities and stuff so um but uh my biggest thing uh i put them at one even without Kyrie, just because i think harden and durant are so good oh i mean they, they they are so good now they've they've really um, I, I think, you know, them and the Lakers are so top heavy. They're both the teams are built very similarly. Um, and, and not to, we're not into the Western conference preview yet. Uh, but they're, they're built similar, similarly in that both teams have three studs, uh, or three large salaries and then a bunch of minimum guys. I yeah. think between the two franchises, I think Brooklyn did much better on the minimum guys than did, the Lakers, um, Blake Griffin, uh, if LaMarcus Aldridge, who was playing really well for them last year before the heart condition, um, yeah. took him away. Um, I really like the Patty Mills signing. Uh, you know, Paul Millsap is a pros pro. Um, I, I really like, uh, Nick Claxton, uh, as a backup big. Um, so I just, you know, they're going to have injuries. They're going to rest guys. Uh, but I just think with even with just Harden and Durant, uh, I just think that they are going to be so difficult to guard. And, uh, you know, 
I, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be just fine with those two guys. And in some ways, things might fall into place a little bit better without uh, Kyrie around and just dealing with with all of that stuff. Um, that's just my opinion. Again, I have a little Kyrie hangover from what happened in Boston. Uh, right. I, 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 I will be the first one to admit that. Um, and he's entitled to his points of view. I'm not Kyrie Irving, and he's not me. And But, uh, you know, I think he's a tremendous player. I think he's one of the most talented players in the league. Uh, I just think this is a situation where uh, if any team is built to take away one of those three players, it's this team, and not just the top two, but the depth behind it. Joe Harris, the best shooter in the NBA. Uh, like I said, Patty Mills. Uh, Bruce Brown is a great glue guy. Um, so I, th- I had these guys at number one in my lineup. So, yeah, I did. And you're, I mean, you're right on everything. I, like I said, the only reason I have them at two is just the Kyrie thing. And I'm, I like Kyrie. I've always been a Kyrie fan. I like, I just like how he plays basketball for the most part. I mean, I, what he does off the court, I don't want to get into that or, yeah. Everyone has their own opinions or philosophies, so I kind of stay away from that. But I just like how he plays. I think he can. He's a big time game changer, um, and I think he can take a little pressure off of um, KD and Harden, uh-huh. um, being able to score. Um, but he also can create shots for him. Yep. Yep. So, yep. So let's get into the number one for the or. or the last team that we have not talked about, uh, you had Milwaukee at number one, Case. Yeah. And I had them at number three. And I'll give you a couple of reasons why. I think that come playoff time, Milwaukee will be the second best team. But uh, two things. I think that the one of the lessons we learned from the short turnaround between the bubble and the regular season last year was three of those four teams really struggled. Uh, The Heat were not the same. The Lakers were not the same. uh, The Celtics were not the same. The only team that was at the same pace, per se, and maybe even got better after the bubble, were the Nuggets. And I think playing that long at that high of an intensity level, I think it's going to take the Bucks a little while to get going. And then you throw on the extra caveat is two of their uh, you know, players number two and three, Holiday and Middleton, went and played in the Olympics. And that's another level of intensity that I think it's going to just take them a little while to bounce back from. Um, I think they're going to pace themselves a little bit for the playoffs. I, I heard on a pod the other day that Antetokounmpo uh, said his knee is still sore from how he didn't tear and have his whole knee explode on that yeah. one play. Uh, he said it's still sore from that. I, I think they're going to. Um, I think they're going to win their division. I think they're going to win their division pretty handily. Uh, I don't think there's any worries about that. Uh, I, I just think Atlanta is uh, going to just take off, and they're going to win a bunch of games. And I think Milwaukee uh, might lose a, a, a few extra regular season games for those reasons. Um, but I think they're the second best team, but I'm going to seed them going into the tournament. I'm going to seed them at three for those reasons. I think Giannis took it to another level. Uh, 
Um, he was an absolute beast in the finals. I love what he did. Uh, I like uh, the signing of uh, Grayson Allen. I think he's going to be a 3 and D type of guy that's going to help them out very well. I think uh, Drew Holiday showed how valuable of a player that he was. I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. I love uh, watching him play defense. He is just an old school. He should be back in 1987 playing defense, yes. not 2021. Yep. I and, agree. And, uh, but, but that was my – I think they're the second best team, but I think they're going to have the third best record. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I said earlier, I mean, for me – Five through one could go could go any direction. Um, I put him there because of Giannis. I like the Grayson Grayson Allen signing. I think that kind of brings the Kyle Korver back a little bit. I mean, I don't think he shoots as well as Korver does, but I think he's an upgrade from Pat Connaughton. Uh huh. Um, shooting wise, um, if DiVincenzo can get healthy, yeah. I think that that is a big time key for them because they last year they could put PJ Tucker in his starting spot and it didn't change anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got better defensively um, with PJ Tucker, but they got that, much worse <laughs> offensively. Yes. So that's that's I think that's the big key is Defensenzo getting healthy. Another guy I think he's he's shown it in the past. Is Rodney Hood? Yeah, can yep. he fill that eight nine spot roughly mm-hmm. off the bench and come and give quality minutes and be able to score? Because I mean that's just another thing. They're, one of their things was a struggle is just shooting in general, three point shooting. Yeah, at times, yep. Because they go through those spurts where they're not making shots, and that's a big. I mean that's big, especially when Giannis isn't a three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Per se, um, I, I I put him at one. I just I, I think just Giannis is so good that he's going to make them find a way. Um, and I I guess I didn't even think. I mean, I didn't even think about like where you were talking with, with Holiday and Middleton playing so much. Giannis's knee, like mm-hmm. they'll get those as I put in air quotes those rest days because they know they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to win their division hands down yeah and they're just gonna play they just want to play to make sure they have home court yeah yep yeah i could see them starting out like 12 and 8 you know just kind of easing themselves into things uh and maybe you know maybe we're wrong you know obviously we're just we're just two dudes in omaha nebraska throwing out what we think we know a little bit about uh but but i could see them starting out a little slow uh, given the the Rodney Hoods and the Grayson Allens more minutes than they normally would, uh, easing back Middleton and Holiday, um, that type of a thing, and then they kind of work their way into a groove, and, and they now have um, that championship confidence. They know what it yeah. takes to win a title as a group. Uh, the core of that group stayed intact, um, and they have. Uh, other than probably Kevin Durant, the most unstoppable force in the NBA right now. And they know that when it comes down to it, nobody can stop that dude going downhill. And that is the ultimate, uh, that is the ultimate equalizer. And so I, I think that 
you know, this these first couple of months, like I said, we get to Christmas. I could see them being 12 and 8, 13 and 10, something like that. And then they kind of start uh, working their way up. And, and as they as they bring in these couple of new guys, Allen and Hood, and they, they ride, you know, they let Brooke Lopez cook a little bit. They give Giannis a couple of strategic nights off. And, and then they kind of... Uh, start to make that climb as we turn into the new year. So that's why I had them at three. I, I think Atlanta's just going to explode out of the gate. That's my prediction. I could see them. If I see uh, Milwaukee at 12 and eight, I could see Atlanta at like 16 and four, something around there, uh, just because I think they're just going to take off like a bat out of hell. That's, that's, that's my, that's my prediction there. So, so that's what I got. So. Okay. All right. Well, hey, one conference down, Case. One conference down, one conference to go. Uh, let's recap here real quick. Uh, Casey Hall had from 8 to 1, he had Charlotte, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Miami, Brooklyn. I almost called him New Jersey there for a second. And Milwaukee. I had from 8 to 1, Charlotte, Washington, Boston, Philly, Miami, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. So keep that in mind as we get ready to go uh, when we get to talking about the playoffs and the tournament and everything. So, Case, how's your voice doing? You got time for two more of these bad boys? I should be good to go. All right. Hope you've enjoyed our Eastern Conference preview. Coaches, a little bit of a change up to our pen and a napkin uh, usual podcasting uh, schedule. But hey, we wanted to have some fun. We wanted to throw something else out there. Uh, if you want to get into the debate here, uh, go ahead and, and tag us on Twitter and, and, and let us know what you think. Uh, we're just having some fun with this. We're just two amateur prognosticators taking a look at the NBA and, and just having some fun with it. And, and uh, we'll see what happens with this. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>